Welcome to Grace Notes. Today, Barbara Sandbeck will complete our study on Thinking Right Thoughts. Philippians 4, verse 8 has been our text for this series. Through studying each phrase, we've discovered that we need to focus on things of the Lord. Things that are true, noble, right, pure, lovely, and admirable. True things are God's word. Noble things are God's ways. Right things are God's will. Pure things are God's wisdom. Lovely things are God's works. And admirable things are God's wonders. These are excellent and praiseworthy things to think on. Paul's exhortation to think about such things is followed by a second exhortation in his next verse. Put it into practice. So, as we conclude, let's see how right thinking produces right actions. If we were to combine all these characteristics of God into one, we would see Jesus Christ. He is God's Word in the flesh. He's the only way to fellowship with the Father. By following Him, we live out God's will. He is the wisdom of God. The greatest work God ever did was to bring many sons to glory through Christ's death and resurrection. And God's greatest wonder is His love for us displayed through Jesus. Jesus served the Father and ultimately us by finishing God's salvation plan at Calvary and demonstrating for us how to live a life that pleases God. Perhaps that's what the Apostle Paul concluded when he wrote in Philippians 2 verses 5 through 7. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of man. You see, Jesus humbled himself by becoming a man, and he humbled himself in his thinking as well. He was obedient even to the death of a cruel cross. This was God's will for him, and it resulted in an eternal gift for us. We need to become more like Christ in our thinking and be willing to be a servant for the Lord. A servant attitude begins in the mind. In verse 3 of Philippians 2, Paul wrote, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility. Here's the thinking. Consider others better than yourselves. There's much talk today about hearing God's voice, but I want to say that if our attitude is not one of humility, we'll not hear it. I recently studied about how the prophet Samuel learned to commune with God. As a boy, he was taken by his mother Hannah to the temple to serve the Lord with Eli the priest. No doubt he was greatly influenced by their godly lives. But when the Lord called Samuel in the night, he thought it was Eli, because First Samuel 3.7 records, Samuel did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. Eli realized that the Lord was calling Samuel and instructed him that when the Lord called again to say, Speak, for your servant is listening. God revealed a future event to Samuel and continued to do so throughout his lifetime because Samuel had a servant's heart and listening ears. 1 Samuel 3.19 really struck me. It said, 
the Lord was with Samuel as he grew up. And get this. He let none of his words fall to the ground. Wow. Wouldn't it be awesome to have every single thing you said be worthy of being listened to? Oh, that we should aspire for this to be so. We wouldn't even have to pray the prayer of Jabez for our boundaries to expand. They'd do so naturally as a result of our wise words. You see, God's word needs to become a part of us for this to occur. The prophet Jeremiah was given the difficult and unrewarding task of pronouncing judgment without mercy on Israel, the people he loved. He needed something to keep him going. In Jeremiah fifteen sixteen, he wrote to the Lord, When your words came to me, I ate them. They were my joy and my heart's delight, for I bear your name, O Lord God Almighty. I see this like a, like a phone call from a loved one. We cherish and relish every word. Jeremiah ingested God's words like we would food. They became a part of him, providing comfort and joy as a delectable meal would to us. Are God's words food for you? They should be. Colossians 3.16a says, Let the words of Christ dwell in you richly. David wrote in Psalm 119.11, I have hidden your word in my heart, that I might not sin against you. As we think on God's words with a humble heart, His message to us will be revealed. Psalm 119.130a says, The unfolding of your words gives light. We need to think thoughts of Jesus and listen patiently for His Word. Then we'll become wise in our thinking and speech and, and see results. King David wrote in Psalm 40, verses 1 and 3, I waited patiently for the Lord, and He turned to me and heard my cry. He put a new song in my mouth, a hymn of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. David received this new song that impacted many because he said to the Lord in verse 7, Here I am. I desire to do your will, O oh my God. Your law is within my heart. The psalmist wrote in Psalm 119, 105, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path.
Matthew 12:34 says that out of the overflow of the heart the mouth speaks. You see our words are our thoughts in action. Proverbs 16:23 says, "A wise man's heart guides his mouth, and his lips promote instruction or are persuasive." Proverbs 12:18 says, "Reckless words pierce like a sword, but the tongue of the wise brings healing." Proverbs 18:21 says, "The tongue has the power of life and death." And Matthew 12:36 says that men will have to give an account on the day of judgment for every careless word spoken. That's convicting. Do you want to make an impact with your words? Well, think on things of Christ and may his praise ever be on your lips.
If you've been blessed by this program, please write and tell us at Sandback Ministries, P.O. Box 581, Faustin, Maryland, 21047. Or visit us on the web at www.gracenotesradio.com. Join us on our next program. Until then, let your grace notes be a song of praise.